Shalom to all. Today's office Rosh Hashanah Daf Test. We are starting four lines from the top, the fourth word on the line. And today's office sponsor, Lili Nishmas, Maris Miriam, Saru, Basab, Yaakov, Maisha, Herna, Shalom, Shadav, and Aliyah. And Lili Nishmas, Maris Rivka, Basab, Meir, Zev, Herna, Shalom, Shadav, and Aliyah. Now we learned yesterday that it's normal to be Maisif, Mechail, Ala, Kaidesh. To add on to that which is Kaidesh from that which is Chail. In Allahic terminology, it's called Taisefes. Taisefes Shvi is Taisefes Shabbos, adding on to these things. Now the Gemara explores the source. With Maisif and Mechail, Kaidesh, Minalan, how do we know that we're Maisif, Mechail, Kaidesh? How do we know this concept of Taisefes? The Pasuk says as follows, From plowing and harvesting, you shall rest. Now, the beginning of the Pasuk talks about Shabbos, and the Pasuk concludes with this, Now, Bikiva Eimer, he says that the second part of the Pasuk that we just read, can't be talking about Shabbos, because that would imply that only Harish and Ketzirah are also on Shabbos and not other things. So he says that it must be talking about Shviyas, it must be talking about Shemitah. However, it can't actually be talking about plowing and harvesting on Shemitah itself, because there's already a Pasuk talking about so Ella must be that what's this Pasuk talking about? That there's an Isser, you're not allowed to do some sort of plowing on Erev Shemitah to your field that's going to be going into Shemitah. That means it's going to be benefiting your field on Shemitah. And when you harvest something, even though it's after Shemitah, it's Maitzah Shemitah, and you still have to treat it with the Kedusha of Shemitah. And that's considered Tesefes of Shemitah. That's being Maitzah Mechal Kaidesh before Shemitah and after Shemitah. Now, Rishmal Emer, he argues and says that this Pasuk is actually talking about Shabbos. Just like plowing is always optional, there is no sort of plowing that's actually mitzvah. So af shows. So too, the harvesting which is usher to be done on Shabbos is only an optional sort of harvesting. That excludes the harvesting of the carbon oimer. That's a mitzvah, and that's allowed to be done on Shabbos. So the Gemara asks Rabbi Shmuel, "Misiv Mechal Kadosh Menali." How does Rabbi Shmuel know this concept of teisavus that you're supposed to add from chalon to kodesh? So nafgalei he learns it out. Me the tanya from the following brayso. Talking about Yom Kippur, the pasuk says, "Vinisa mesnashrasecha You shall afflict your souls on the ninth day, meaning the day before Yom Kippur. You might think that you're actually supposed to fast on the ninth day, not the tenth. That's what it says in the evening time, meaning already the beginning of the tenth. But you might think you should only start fasting once it gets dark, once it becomes the tenth day. That's why it says in the Pasuk, there's some sort of element of fasting on the ninth day. How do we work this out? A person's supposed to start fasting already on the ninth day. We learn from here that we're Mice of Michal Kaidesh. This is Tisephus Yom Kippur. You're supposed to start fasting for Yom Kippur already on the ninth day, a little bit before. Before the tenth day starts, I only know that you're supposed to start fasting earlier. There's a mitzvah of teisefes before Yom Kippur. What about after Yom Kippur is over? How do we know there's still this mitzvah of teisefes to be Moisef Michal Hakaidesh? The pasuk says, from one evening till the next evening. I only know that there's a mitzvah of teisefes for Yom Kippur. Shabbos is minayin. What about mitzvah of teisefes Shabbos? Adding on to Shabbos, Tamalamer says, Tish besu. What about mitzvah of teisefes for Yom Kippur? Tamalamer Shabbat Chem. What do we learn from here? Call makam sheish by shvos. Anytime the pasuk says shvos resting, we're going to add on from chaylan to kodesh. Now, Rabbi Kiva, what does he do with this pasuk? He doesn't need it for tesefes because he already learned that out from shemitah. So he say me he needs it for the following. He taught us do we actually fast on the ninth day of We fast on the tenth day. That's when Yom Kippur is. Why does it say you're supposed to fast on the ninth day? This is to tell you anyone that eats and drinks on the ninth day, the day before Yom Kippur, Mal Olam the Pasuk treats him, Teson Beza on top, Ki'ilu his Anachiva Siri, as if he fasted on the ninth and tenth day. And now we're going back to the discussion of Yaival, and there's three Psukim in a row that discuss Yaival. The first Pasuk is, This Pasuk talks of blowing the Shaifer on Yom Kippur of Yaival. The next Pasuk, which our Gemara begins with, says, And you shall proclaim freedom for all of its inhabitants. Yaival he, it is Yaival, and these words, Yaival he, 
key are the focus of our Gemara. So the focus of this Pasuk is that freedom is proclaimed for slaves and fields. And the last Pasuk states, And this Pasuk focuses on the Isra to work the land during Yevil. So the Gemara tells us, Tanarban, we have a Brisa. The Pasuk says, and this is the second Pasuk, as we said already, it is Yevil. It's still Yevil, even though their lands were not returned to their rightful owners. And even though the Shefer wasn't blown, it's still considered Yevil. You might think, even if the slaves weren't freed, it's still considered Yevil. That's why the Pasuk says, he, it's only Yevil if the slaves are freed. That's Rabbi Huda's opinion. Now Rabbi Yesi Amr, he has a different way of understanding these Pesukim. It's going to be Yevil, even though the slaves weren't freed, and even though the lands weren't returned, it's still Yevil. You might think that even if the Shefer wasn't blown, it's still considered Yevil. That's why the Pasuk says, he, and that tells us, if the Shefer was not blown, it's not Yevil. And Rabbi Yesi continues explaining, we have two psukim, meaning we have two words. One pasuk of yaival, that's making an inclusion. Even though you didn't do something, it's still considered yaival. And then we have another pasuk that's a miyat, it's an exclusion. That's the word of he, that if you did not do something, it's not yaival. So, why is it that I darshan these psukim of yaival he? Even though they didn't free the slaves, but the ain yaival, it's not considered yaival, elim kain taku. Meaning, why is it that I pick one over the other? I say that this is the reboy and this is the miyat. Why is it that I did that, says Rabbi Yaisi? So he explains, it's possible that we're going to have a world that there's not going to be any avadim to set free. So we can't make Yevil contingent on that. But it's impossible that we're going to have a world that we're not going to have a single Shafer in the whole world that we can blow. So therefore, we're always going to be able to blow the Shafer on Yevil, and that's why Yevil is contingent on blowing the Shafer. And over Acher, another reason why is Zumasur Lebezdin. This is given over to Bezdin, meaning Bezdin appoints their Shliach to blow Shafer. But Vizu and Masur Lebezdin, freeing of slaves is not given over to Bezdin, so therefore, we're not going to make Yevil contingent on that. Now the Gemara just asks, my Dover Acher, why is it that we had to have? Have this second reasoning. So we answer because if you're going to counter argue and say that it's impossible that there's not going to be at least one Jewish slave throughout the world that has to be freed, so then I'll answer you and that's the reason why Yevil is contingent on blowing the Shafer and not on freeing of slaves. And we continue. Rabbi Yesi just explained his reasoning why he darshans the word Yevil this way and the word he that way. Why is Rabbi Yehuda darshan it the way he darshans it? So Amarkra, the Pasuk says, Ukrasim Jarba Aretz. That was the second Pasuk. And you shall proclaim freedom throughout the land. The Kasavan Rabbi Huda holds Mikra Nidrash Lafanov Valaylifnefanov, meaning we only say that a statement in a Pasuk is explaining the statement immediately preceding it and not two statements preceding it. And when the Pasuk says Yoivel he, that's only talking about the statement that's immediately preceding it, namely Ukrasim Jarba Aretz, that you shall proclaim freedom. However, two statements before it that talks about blowing Shafer is not being explained by the Pasuk of Yoivel he, and therefore the only thing Yoivel's contingent on is setting slaves free and not blowing of the Shafer. And now the Gemara just explains the Kuli Alma Lashan Everyone agrees that this word drawer is an expression of cheros of freedom. My mashma, how is that inferred? The Tanya, we have a brisa that says, Ein drawer el lashen cheros. Drawer means freedom. And on Rabbi Huda, he says, Ma lashen drawer, what does drawer mean? Kimidayer be dayara, like a person dwells in his house, but umayvil schayro b'chamadina, he's able to take his merchandise and sell it anywhere he wants. He's a free man. He lives at home. Drawer, dayer, he lives here, but he could go wherever he wants. He's not a slave. Now, Amr Rabbi Huda, Amr Rabbi Yechon, Zudiv Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Yesi. These were the pains Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Yesi. What is Yevil contingent on and was it not contingent on? All three of these things are ma'akev. We have to make sure that the slaves are set free and that the lands are returned and that the shaifer is blown. Kasafri, they hold that not only is a pasuk darshan to explain this statement immediately preceding it, but also two statements preceding it and ula of the statement afterwards, which talks about giving the land back. Ask the Gemara, hold on one second. It says in the pasuk yaival, and that was meant to include something. So we say ahuda filibuchutzl arts. That's talking about that yaival is relevant even in chutzl arts. Ask the Gemara, it says only 
in the land in Eretz Yisrael, not in Chutz Laaretz. So we explain how who bezman shenoyg dura ba'aretz noyg b'chutz Laaretz. At a time where the slaves are being freed in Eretz Yisrael, so they have to be freed in Chutz Laaretz as well. But bezman she'en noyg ba'aretz. At the time that they're not being freed in Eretz Yisrael, ain't noyg b'chutz Laaretz. So then they do not have to be freed in Chutz Laaretz. So we have three different opinions of what yovel is contingent on. And now going back to the Mishnah, which had said unetio, the Mishnah stated that the first of Tishrei is Rosh Hashanah for young trees. This is referring to the Isra of Arla. The first three years of a tree, the fruits are usher to be eaten. If a tree was planted shortly before Tishrei and then it became Tishrei, that's already the beginning of its second year. The Gemara asked Manalan, how do we know that? The Pasuk says, Shalai Shana Mairelim, for three years it's forbidden, that's talking about Arla. Uksev, and the Pasuk right afterwards says, Rashana Revias, and in the fourth year it becomes Natiravai, you're allowed to eat the fruit in Yerushalayim. Vial of Shana Shana Mitishrei, and we learn Shana Shana from Tishrei. The the Pasuk says, Mayreshis Hashana, and that's talking about Tishrei. The Gemara now asks, like we already asked a number of times, Veligmar Shana Shana Minisan, why don't we learn Shana Shana from Nisan? And that means that the Rosh Hashanah of Arla would be Nisan and not Tishrei. The Chsev, the Pasuk says, Rishan Hulachem Lachachia Shana. So again, we answer like we answered a number of times already. Done in Shana Shaini Machadashim, Mishana Shaini Machadashim. We're going to learn two Psokim. Both of them say Shana, and they do not say the word Chaydash. We're not going to take a Pasuk that says the word Shana without the word Chaydash, Mishana Shaini Machadashim, and learn something from a Pasuk that says the word Shana but also says the word Chaydash. We're going to stop here for the day and pick up tomorrow talking about Arla. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.